Hi. Oh, we're here. Are we or aren't we? I don't we're, know. We're here for real. We're here somewhere. See, look, I could come to your side of the, the thing and it's not I from actually a kid. It's actually the ate real shit. breakfast this morning, which I've been drinking breakfast lately. So I'm in a better mood. Maybe. We'll see. I think so. You're three, here in three town. Three coffees later yeah, and, and we're ready to do this. Ooh, we got, we're rocking liquid death. Two, two coffees. Then liquid I had death. a coffee in a can, a little yeah. espresso shot. Yeah. It's like, we're fired up. Yeah. I asked for water. And uh, had to wash down my three coffees, and here's liquid death. Like, yep. yeah, no way, no way that gets. I actually me. love this stuff. It we, is we are not sponsored by them no, whatsoever, no. but I don't even know who that is. It keeps showing up. Uh, I'm pretty sure we're. <laughs> buy- I'm pretty sure we're buying it, but I, it, it's fun. It's nice, spicy water. That's what Evan calls sparkling water. Yes, spicy water. I got notes but of spice. My spicy yeah. water is when I put cayenne pepper and and sriracha in my water. A little so, bloody mary. Mix, yeah. Oh no, 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 just water. Okay. Sriracha. All right. People may recognize you. Yeah. I mean, you know. Should I do the face? From a movie. From a movie (laughs) called Range 15. He was in there. Uh, yeah, you and Tool. Yeah, you and Tool, Tool were Tool in there. And you were, were in, in there. You were in Not a War Story. Yes, we were. So you're in there. You've been in a lot of them. And then, then for those of you that have been around for a long time and remember quite a few years ago, probably 2015. Yeah. We went to Las Vegas and flew around. In, God, in, in this man's, air, it, it's possibly it's it was before. Still a classic. It was before Range Fifteen filmed. Yes, yeah, we filmed yeah. that the summer before. Yeah, um, yeah, we went and used this man's such, airplanes such to a do good a story. inverted whiskey yeah. pour. Yeah, Pepsi. <laughs> that, that that old school Pepsi commercial that came out before the last Top Gun has got nothing on that because they, <laughs> they they did Pepsi, which I don't actually even like. And now we even have a cooler uh, idea for this new Top Gun, but we'll get to that at the end of so the show so where good. we're going. But right now, Mr. James Chef yeah. Barlow. Hello. Hello. Cue the applause. Thank you. Make him think we have a fucking a studio audience. A round of applause. Audience. He's a literally clapping audience. in a yes. circle. Like, you should think that there's like 40,000 people on the other side of this camera right now. And it's just you and I standing at a bar. Yes. Or sitting at a bar talking. How interesting that would be. <laughs> We've, we might have done that before. We might. Yeah. We might. But anyway, um, you are a retired A-10 pilot. Yes. Fighter weapons school graduate. Mm. Fighter weapons school instructor. Mm. Over 4 million pounds of ordnance dropped. Somewhere in there. Is that accurate? Oh, I don't even know. Uh, it's, it's more than one. All right. It's more than 500. More than 500. More than 500. Less, less than, than 5 million. Exactly. We're somewhere in between yeah, there. I, I, get, I get that sometimes. So how many, um, I had the distinct honor, uh, purely, you know, any A-10 guy could have done this. They're all amazing. I just happened to be the guy who didn't get sick as much in Afghanistan. Someone's dinging. We're taking a dinging break real quick just so it doesn't do it the entire show. Don't worry. Hi. Have you been to freerangeamerican.us? Because it's amazing for... Oh, there he is. All right. <laughs> I was on you airplane see how, mode. You see how we can recover I was that? on airplane mode. Yeah, but you're on mode, the internet. But I'm on the internet. You boomer. You know what? You're, you're, I boomered it. I boomered it. I'm yeah, that but, guy. But you're should not I, supposed to be. I, I know. Should I, I give you an officer speech now? I have this argument, though. <laughs> Where I I believe that uh, fighter pilots, specifically attack pilots, A ten drivers, are are should be perfectly allowed to text and drive. 
You've oh, been texting totally and driving true. your entire it's career. Totally true. It's totally true. Yeah. Like, like literally, like I, I use this all the time. I can, I can fly an A10 with my knees. We do, we put it on altitude hold. You fly with your knees. You get a frozen burrito up in the glare shield so that, that by the time the, the, the sun bakes it, your frozen burrito's ready. Oh, yeah. I can not spill my martini and still type in a 28-2 message to do a nine line. See, of, this yeah. is why. Facts. <laughs> Facts. Forward. So, Air control airborne. Yes. Yeah. So, so, so that shit happens. Yeah. He actually did that one night over. That's what it means. You are the yeah. only professional yeah. Yeah. You texting and driving. You know, so yeah. when you get out of the Air Force, you go to the FAA and say, hey, here's my MILCOM. Yeah. So, hey, you're an airline, just transport, put that whatever. sticker on my driver's yeah. license. And they just say, yes, you're qualified in everything. Yeah. You should go to the DMV with your A-10 Form 8 and say, hey, I flew A-10s and you get a get out of jail sticker so you don't get pulled over. Yeah. For texting and driving. You know what I was thinking about too? And it, it literally was the A10 cockpit that gave me the idea. Yeah. Is I wish I could build a soft Bluetooth keyboard for your phone that mounted to your knee. So if you have your phone in your car that's yeah. on a mount like yeah, here, yeah. you can just do this. I don't yeah. even have to look. Yeah. You're just so used to it. And then you're in and then you glance and you're like, what did I just see? Yeah. Yep. That's it. You should just install MFDs yeah. in, your, in your car. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> From my system. <laughs> so a10 i'm sure all the listeners out there this is this is their favorite aircraft they're all going to comment right below here that you know there, there's no other aircraft out there that even matters you know the f-35 is pretty much like a broken stupid toy that you get from kmart yeah, yeah. i have a lot of disdain for the f-35 i think it's stupid i so so here's where half of the pentagon will log off but that's okay. <laughs> You're probably I, like, I'm not going to speak to this. They did that in the 90s. Because the yeah, Air Force so, employs so, my I, company, so uh, yeah, the F-35's no, cool. good. No, I'm a cat. <laughs> well, I love the F-35 because that's why we're a business. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if, so, if maybe they could get their gun to work at yeah, some point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but I, I, so I was, when I was the DO at Green Flag, um, that was the, the, Pre-deployment exercise for the Air Force. We'd have 9,000 troops come out on Director the Director of operations, for those of you that aren't in the military. Well, you're not, guys. Yeah. So it's like an XO. Yeah. Um, so um, we would have fighter squadrons come in, and it was awesome because in my position, I was able to, um, to actually fly with whatever airplane was on the ramp. So I mm. flew the Brits GR4s. Mm. I flew F-18s those with are Canadians. Fast. The GR4 was awesome. The GR4, I think, is like a Cadillac CTX. Yep. So, so we're just, we're just getting yeah. that mic in yeah. on you. So, so the GR4 is like a Cadillac CTX. It's, it's kind of, it's cushy. It's, you know, it's, it's like a, you know, you want to lean back in your seat when you fly a GR4. <laughs> but you then, also can go real low. But you can go crazy low. I made a red circle. I supposedly killed nine rabbits um, with a low flyby up in the, uh, the Panama Moa airspace. Uh, statute of limitations is expired. On I wonder that, what the so story is from the me. rabbits that survived that. I know. Like, what I, do they say? Yeah. Like, I, I they didn't probably know rabbits drew... would just die if they got too scared. <laughs> wow. So yeah, we were doing a scenario and I was facking from a GR4. And when, when your wings move on an airplane, normally the next thing you do is eject. But, um, but the wings on the GR4 actually swept back. Yeah, that probably and I was freaked like, you out oh, the first this time. This is going like, to be good. Oh, shit. What's this going is going to be here? good. I'm like, the fucking wings are moving. So... So um, they swept it back and, and we were gone at really low. They scoot. Yeah, they were scooting. So so it was like you read about. Supposedly we killed well, nine shit. rabbits. Let's, let's, let's rewind that back. You became an Air Force pilot, but before yes. that, you know, yeah. 
You were probably a teenager. I was a teenage construction <laughs> worker. Oh wow! Like, like construction. Yeah. So 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 yeah. I you know I was a, a roofer, which which anyone in con- the construction world can go. Oh, he was a roofer. So so there's like you know finished carpenters, framing carpenters, and the roofer is the guy that that drinks from the garden hose outside. So yeah. so that's what I did in high school. Um, that's rough though. Just yeah. carrying the, the supplies to the Baton roof. Rouge, oh God. You know? and, then, Rouge. and then slinging the sheets of plywood up. So, yeah. See, so, uh, that's so, a hard job. Yeah. That, that was, that was for real. When you feel like if I were con- to the construction, I'd want to be like, uh, the, the, the guy that just puts in the, the sink. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Not a lot the of finished carpenter. Yeah. You're like, Hey, hey, I'm here to put your handles on your cabinets. Yes, yes. (laughs) I have my box. Yeah, the roofer is the lowest of the low, Um, but that's fine because it was hard work while all my other friends were doing cushy, like, oh, let me go be a waiter or a bartender or something. I was too hard-headed to to figure that piece out, so I was a roofer. And then, um, yeah, so so I did that. I did it at Baton Rouge and and in Florida. I had an academic scholarship to. And Florida then you State. saw the movie Iron Eagle. I and did. You knew, you know is, is this true? No. Okay. So <laughs> it, there's a little bit of truth to that. So so first I saw the movie Rad and wanted to be a bicycle shop owner, but then yeah. that didn't wasn't a thing. Didn't and then, out. Yeah. A lot and, of sweeping involved. I know, right? So <laughs> so uh, so then I went on to um, I saw Top Gun and that that old cliche, but yeah. but for real. Um, so I'm. I'm so I was on my own in high school and moved in with my buddy and my cousin. And, and you know, that's a whole long story. But the, the fact of the matter, I was kind of on my own as a high school student. So uh, needing direction, my buddy's father was uh, an F-16, F-4, four tours in Vietnam. Wow. Multiple distinguished flying cross kind of guy. The guy was a back when the Air Force gave awards. Back back when the Air Force was, you know, actually you you could actually rock the handlebar and and do your thing. Um, I I used to keep a picture of Robin Olds up on my desk. He's Uh, the best. He was the best mustache. He was the man. For those of you that don't know who Robin Olds is. I'm going to let you, I'm going to, we're, we're, we're yeah. going to tangent real so quick. So is this a Google break? Go yeah, Google yeah. This? Well, yeah. no, 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 yeah. no. We're going to tell the story real quick yeah. on, on his mission where he, uh, he fucked with a transcoder and remember he, he had, uh, it was the trans, signs. he transcoded, yeah. he, he was squawking F-86s or yes, F-105s, yes, yes. but they really were and a flight of F-4s yes, yes. And, and they, they were waiting for everybody. Yeah. They, it was, it was like four awesome. to 20 and they just took them all out. Yeah, the, okay. So, so in layman's yeah, terms, he was the man, he's also the same guy who was called into the wing commander's office because his mustache, even back in the day was crazy handlebar out, out of regs. And the wing commander calls him in and says, Hey, I want to talk about mustaches and, Robin Olds looks at him and says, yours looks fine and walks out. <laughs> My man. <laughs> That's what you could do when you just wipe it. So, so this story is yeah. Robin, I, I believe like he was told he couldn't do this mission or something like that. And he yeah. did it anyway. And what did he do? Did he change the transcode squawks yeah, or did so, he, did he, did so he, they went out in the ATO as, as you know, the, so you got your air to ground air in simplest terms, you got your air, to, let's say it's modern day. So you got your A-10s schedule. and your F-22s, yeah. you got your flight schedule and, and everyone wants to come in and try to mess with the a, a, the A-10, which you can do, but it's like making love to a porcupine. You got to do it exactly right or you're going to get punched. Well, and, and then we you had know? spies and stuff. So we yeah. knew. And then, and then you've got your F-22s that just roll in and smoke everybody. So it's like today. The A-10s flying with F-22 call signs and the F-22s flying with A-10 call signs and people rolling out thinking, oh, so the enemy yeah, exactly. launched all their yeah. 
all their fighter intercepts, yes. which were what? MiG-21s at the time? Or yeah, tw- yeah, 21s. Yeah, yeah, so they launched on F-Force. Yes, and they got smoked. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. It was amazing. Love it. He, he doesn't get enough respect, yeah. I don't think. Yeah, yeah. We, we should have patches. What would Robin do? Matter of fact, we had him I mean, for a while. <laughs> it, it's just like, that's the thing. Like, like as, as a wing commander, though, I wouldn't, I wouldn't fuck with that guy. I'd be like, wait, you did? Oh, yeah. You know what? Uh, you, you just go do you. Yeah. Uh, we're, we're fine with it. You're yeah. winning the war. Robin Old spoke at my flight school graduation. Whoa! Now, this, this is actually a... Uh, an A10 Blue Air book story, but but this is yeah, let's we get could, it. We could cut this one and call it the Robin Old story, and then make a whole another episode. But uh, but Robin Olds actually spoke at my flight school graduation. Uh, Thirty seconds into the 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 actual speech, he took his tie off. He puts his cocktail up there. Just what are you going to say? It's Robin Olds, and we were singing fighter pilot songs in the middle of the Oak Club bar, the way it ought to be. So it that's was awesome. amazing. Yeah. Okay, so. How do you go from construction to fighter pilot? Oh God! So, so it's pilot. a funny story, um, and and we, we this is all in the book, and and this started. Well, we haven't even said the book yet. Yeah, well, well, you have to. Yeah, do, John, he's got a book. John, we'll get yeah, there so, once so, you leave the military. But, but to say to say to save the the the, the pipeline on that yeah. is 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 really so. So I was this dirty kid that never wore shoes and and was roofing and all that jazz, and and um, my best friend's father's call sign was mugger um brought me on base at mcdill to take a take a you know tour of the f-16 simulator and and whatnot and and i was all ready and i had read the read the manual and and we walk in there and and i was flying the f-16 simulator as a as a 14 year old kid it sounds like iron eagle dude i swear (laughs) except for the walkman tape deck on there so i'm flying the f-16 sim and then all of a sudden my buddy kicks my ass i'm like well I was mad. I was like, hey, you've been sandbagging me. I get out. It's one of the Thunderbirds. So he he said, hey, you're actually not bad at this. Like you've got, you're clearly a kid, but, yeah. but you have an, an air sense of which way is up or down. I mean, just under, yeah, of, of handling the aircraft. Like having the sim here and putting a lot of people down in it. Because yeah. when, when it's out, like it's so visual. People are like, people like have what, to get what in. is this? Like, Let me I, try this. I must touch but that. But to see how many grown adults do not understand yes. the pitch and pull yeah. or anything like that, yeah. like let alone kids, yeah. like, yes, yeah. that, that geometry isn't, I guess, natural for it's, people. It's natural. Humans were supposed to walk around on the, on the ground and not fly upside down scoring bombs, yeah. which is awesome. <laughs> so, um, so anyway, that very air show, I went outside and I was hanging on an A-10 and, and took a picture hanging on the gun of an A-10 like this. And I later went on to fly that very airplane. And I decided that day, and I called the recruiter and said, hey, I want to be a fighter pilot. And when she was done laughing, she said, all right, first, uh, play sports, get good grades, you need straight A's, go to college, do ROTC, get picked up for flight school, be the best in your flight school class, and then select a fighter. And I'm like, okay, Okay. steps are easy. I'll do that. Sounds good. Call you in 15 years. (laughs) And that's, that's what I did. Yeah. And, and I was always too hard headed to, to diverge from my path. And there were several pivots. So, so yeah, let's go to flight school. Because, yeah. And, and you are in what place at that time when they come down and say, okay, choose your platforms. Oh man. So the way they do, the way they do that is crazy. And it totally messes with you. Like it's a lot of fun for everyone else. But for the guy or gal, it's your future. Hey, here's your future. Oh, pick a hand. (laughs) It's kind of like that because 
um, everything you do is graded. So, so I actually went to go be a contracting officer because, because I went to school, got a business degree at FSU. And then they're like, oh, sorry, it's 1992. We don't have any flying jobs. Thank you for your participation. Go sit in that cubicle. So, so I hated being a contracting officer. Now, as a founder of a defense contractor, that seemed to it have worked out. out. It seemed to have worked out. Um, because when we're doing things, we're like, I've been to your school. And here's the part where you this and then that and then the far and we're good. So, which actually helps because we're all on a team with the government and us. And, and like, I know your requirements. I know what you need and let's work this together. So at the time I hated it though, because my cubicle was right above the flight line. So it would literally rattle like when the, the F-15s at Elmendorf would take off. And I'd be like, hey. <laughs> You're like, hey, did everything. you get a cover sheet on that everybody. report, chef? Yeah, uh, well, hey, have you bought socks? I actually bought construction projects because they're yeah. like, oh, you've done construction, buy construction. So, um, but then I applied on active duty after five and a half times of applying on active duty from contracting. Yeah. Um, I got picked up. So, so and for then, everybody, so what does it do want, there? It's yeah, just you go to flight for, school for all those people who like you meet people and they're like, Oh, well, I would have been a fighter pilot, except, you know, I went bullshit there. You have more chance of playing in the NFL than you have being a fighter pilot. So, so, well, this is an argument I had, uh, or a, a point I brought up to the current SEAC when I was at the Pentagon a couple months ago is I, I was pointing out because he's a PJ, yeah. CZ, yeah. um, I was like, Hey, you guys need to, 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 to go back and look at, uh, the inner service recruiting programs mm -hmm. because I don't feel like you give them enough. There's not enough weight and respect from someone that put in their time in a shit job that's that they didn't want that decided, okay, well, I'm going to do, do this, it anyway, because but exactly. I would like the opportunity. Yeah. I see too much, too many people skipped over. I mean, this was yeah. an argument I saw. It was about 10 years ago. The, how, you know, even Air Force Academy and ROTC, our inner service guys should have first chalk first rather than kids off the street. If you paid your fucking dues yeah. to the country and you took a job you didn't want for the opportunity to eventually move into the position you want, yeah. you should have a say over an ROTC cadet or or even yes. a fucking Air Force Academy person. Yeah. You paid the price. Yeah. And, like, you're, and and even even because... Because the world doesn't care about you, like yeah. you know. But even so, you're a known entity. Like they, they, they've already got three years of track record on you. Yes. Versus some kid off the street. Exactly. Exactly. And but but yeah. my point is, why would you give? Why would you even consider an ROTC kid off the street having having a, a first chance slot before somebody in service? Mm -hmm. That's just absurd. Yeah. Like it, I don't know if it shows no, yeah. you have no pride. Again, it's my complaint with the military has always been they instill these three core values into us going through throughout our time serving, but they never, they never push those core values back. Yeah. You'd never get them back. It's never excellence in all we do. It's never service before self from the service. Yeah. It's well, you've heard like <laughs> we, we protect democracy. We don't actually practice it. So, yeah. So, so yeah, so I showed up uh, at flight school with the here in Randolph. Um, at, at Shepherd. Oh, uh, Shepherd. Uh, sorry, not in Shepherd. I, I later was an instructor at Shepherd uh, at uh, Laughlin in Del Rio. Laughlin. Okay, yeah. So so I show up to Del Rio, and it's the active duty class. So every other class has twenty six lieutenants that are bumping in the wall. Second lieutenants, their ranks on wrong or whatever. I showed up, and it's it's uh, you captain. 
uh, I was a first lieutenant. Okay. Yeah, I just put on first lieutenant. I was actually moonlighting as a bush pilot in Alaska, taking hunters in, <laughs> which was awesome. Fuck uh, it. With, with like a caribou yeah. rack taped to the one spar and an ATV uh, gun rack on the other. It was awesome. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, so I showed up and it's, and it's 16 captains of the 28 students. So 16 of them are captains. Three dudes already had combat time. Strike Eagle guys. I'm like, oh, my oh, God. Oh, they're trying Girl. to get front seat. Yes. So they're going to front seat. Yes. What combat were they in? Um, they were back seat. I don't, I don't, probably Northern Watch stuff. What Southern wars Watch was stuff. going on other than, other Northern than Watch, Southern the Watch. invasion hey, of Panama? And- more, more than in the bush plane of flying a <laughs> yeah. hunter down the Kenai Peninsula. I can tell you that. They, they knew what an AFI was and all that stuff. And I was like, ah. So, so. Yeah, so so you have your pilot's license. Though, I, ha- this time. I have a pilot's you license. Understand I'm already a bush pilot yeah. and Alaska airspace. So yeah. just don't blast over the top of Anchorage, and you're good. All right. So um, so yeah, but I had a I had an air sense, but I didn't. Mm-hmm. I wasn't as well as educated by a fraction. And then it was everything for a year, and it's still like that to this day. Everything you do is graded, and and for example, you've got a quiz, a stand up, an exam, an academic test every single day for a year. And the top guy in our class um, had a 100%. He had not missed a single question in one year. And the Ooh. bottom guy in the class had a 98.2 academic average. Who? Yeah. So. It uh, is competitive. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, but anyway. Where were you and, at in the mix there? Uh, I was number three. Oh. Yeah. So, so then you, did you get a pick? So I got to track fighters. So you get five of us track fighters and, and the rest the other 23 people in the class track heavies. Uh, Who gets helicopters? C-130. Come on now. What? Uh, it's, no, it's, I'm just curious. Yeah. Like, so, is so helicopters the bottom? Like, is so it like, ooh, heavies. Statistics, and- so I love my Hilo brothers. Uh, statistically, you'll leave it, either get a guy who, hey, I'm I'm a rotor head. I, I want to fly helicopters. And those guys... And, and it's like saying, hey, who's if the worst guy? A, who's the worst guy in the Pro Bowl? Like, yeah, yeah guy's still in the Pro well, Bowl. I, if I didn't get yeah. a fighter, I would I would take a rotor over a heavy. Right. All and day a lot long. of people do oh, that. Rescue? A lot of people yeah, do that. A lot of people do that. Yeah, they understand the mission. They want to do that. So so th- those guys do that. But but in a lot of classes also, it's okay, I'll take a this, I'll take a that. And, I'll, and, it, and the bottom couple guys will normally end up with like a helicopter. So I would be happy with that. No. I'll take yeah, the bottom. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've seen classes where the top four or five guys get a helicopter because oh, wow. that guy, uh, that guy wants a helicopter. All right, so and where's actually, fighter school, Luke? It, um, so you go to no, it's it's still at your you fighter track. Oh, okay. and then that's ranked again, and then they rack you again, and then we were even doing extra maneuvers like oh, I can I can fit an aileron roll in here and get an extra grade for some extra points, and and they rack everybody, and after this entire year, they bring everyone to the officers club. And there's a slideshow presentation and they bring you up there and they're like, and you got a, and then they'll put something weird on there uh, and they'll put a picture of Dumbo and no, really you got slide. And mine was an A-10. Oh, which was awesome because being a former Bush pilot, I wanted something. To so float. there's 26 of you in a room, 28, 28, 28 and the entire officer's club. Yeah. And, and there are dudes Five that get of divorced. You. No, oh. two guys didn't get fighters that track fighters. Because they plan for attrition, so three of us got fighters. Oh wow! Yeah. So um, so yeah. So so the number one guy got an F sixteen because he was a former Strike Eagle guy. Yeah. The number two guy got an F fifteen C. He was a former uh, C one thirty guy, 
And the number three guy got an A10, which was the best luck and decision and everything. And it actually worked out because that's what each of us put first. So I wanted air to ground, single seat, um, low flying. Two oh, so they engines, make you like that. So they make like you, you request dream capabilities, yeah. not not aircraft. No, no, no. <laughs> you, you request aircraft, but that's why I picked that aircraft. Yeah, you put it up on your dream sheet. But there's there's guys that get, hey, you're getting this to wherever, and and people get divorces that next week. It's happened, really. Yes, Just yeah. That's called drop night, and everyone's cheering or, or whatever. And wives will be crying or they'll be cheering. Oh, wives are to this? Wives, like the whole officer's club. Oh, God. Everybody on the planet is there and it's packed and there's cheering. And then there's, and you can see some people's dreams just flash before their face. So you get some people that are, it's the best day of their lives. Lieutenant Spinelli, you have a C-5 at Lackland Air Force Base. And he's just like looking like this. Hey, but you get San Antonio. So, yeah. so, so normally it's a very happy day and you kind of have a clue. You're like, mm, those guys are pretty good. Maybe that. So, um, but yeah, it, it's happened where drop night divorces are filed. Damn. Yeah. yeah. I need, we need to look into this. This sounds yeah. interesting. It's a thing. Oh, funny. Crazy. Cool. So where's A10 school? A10 Tucson? school's in Tucson. All right. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah. So you show up to A10 school and so your that, first flight solo. After that night? No, not after it, oh, that night. Okay. There's a little bit of, you know, so you go to Randolph, you get uh, Fighter Fundamentals, which is another weed out where you start doing some air-to-air Are stuff. Are those T-6s or uh, T-38s? No, they're, they're AT-38s. Okay. So you'll go there for, you know, six months and, and you'll do that. And then and then you show up to A-10 school. So you're already a pilot. You've already flown tactically in training. And then you, uh, you start A-10 school. And for me, back when I did it in 90, 98, 99, there was no simulator yet. So you, you read the books and kicked it old school and showed up. You're like, yeah. And the airplane and the you didn't, you didn't play a 10 warthog. Dude, you went to, you went, the, the trainer was a cockpit that had dials on it. And you, and you said, and then I would start the APU and you reached over and moved the dial and it would be in this limit. Um, which was actually harder because yeah. if you do it in the sim and you start it right, you're like, see right there. But, uh, and it's either in the red or it's whatever, but you actually had to quote the numbers and whatnot. Um, but now there, now there's a sim and all that, but you read the book for two weeks, you hopped in the airplane and your first flight solo and it still is even till to this day. Wow. Yeah. So you take off solo. And, and for me thinking about that kid who was a 14 year old hanging on the, hanging on the, the top of the A10 gun and taking off, um, solo, the guy that your instructor literally hangs over the rail on your ladder. And he goes, okay, start it up. And he's on a Y cord and crew chief and you do all your stuff. And he goes, all right, see you on the radio. And you're sitting there. You're like, oh shit. When I, Canopy. like this time when I hit that switch, there was actually noise. So, so you're, you're, you're taking it all in. Okay, fine. And you taxi out and you, and you take off and, and your instructor flies cha- a chase takeoff, but it's so close that his gauges read the same as you. Oh, okay. so, so you tuck in and, and cause I did that. It, near the end of my career as an FTU instructor. And literally as the guy's turning into the pattern, you're so close to him that your instruments are the same as his. And you're like, yep, yep, yep. Oh, you're a little high on this. Your airspeed was five knots. And as a student, you're thinking, are you serious? Can you really? (laughs) And what's crazy is the first time you strafe, you're actually riding down the chute with the guy so close that you can feel the vibration of the gun as he shoots it on your aircraft (laughs) as you're chasing him through the dive. So, so did you have that moment though? That first that first fight, you close the canopy. You're like, wow, I'm in. I'm in I it. Did. I oh, did. Oh shit! The moment for me, like 
because my body moved and my brain was still there. Like, holy shit, holy shit, holy shit. <laughs> so my body moved and then my brain finally caught up as we were just after takeoff roll. And I remember looking over and I saw the city of Tucson and I saw my instructor kind of on the side of me. And I thought, wait a minute, because I had a captive uh, AIM-9 missile on the other on the left side. Yeah. And I thought, take the left. So he moved over to the left and I'm like, now it's perfect. <laughs> so, and, and to no, this I day, I could, I could close my eyes and draw that scene because it was like, <laughs> yes. Oh, well, then where did you, where did you get stationed first out of there? Yeah. So, um, that's a great question. So I, yeah. so I, uh, um, there's only a few of them. Yeah. yeah. 74, 75th at Pope. Yeah. Or yeah. So I, stayed, so I stayed at the Bulldogs, yeah. um, in Tucson and, and so I moved down the street from the FTU to the, to the actual operational yeah. squadrons from the train squadron to the, to the op squadron. And, um, and then I went and, and that was great. You know, you do your upgrades and all, all that other stuff. And then, um, and then I became a single dad with a one and a three year old. Mm. So my, uh, my wife at the time, uh, I was, I got uh, officer and a gentleman, uh, with the girl I was dating in Alaska. She was a news anchor and, and, and I said, Hey, it's been great, but I'm, I'm going to flight school. And a couple of weeks later, cause it wasn't a, Hey, I hate you. It's, yeah. Hey, I'm, I'm going my way. Yeah. A couple of weeks later is, Oh, I think I'm pregnant. So, uh, so this 23 year old kid. Mm, yeah. Mm, mm, yeah. So, so she actually called me and said, so the courthouse closes in 30 minutes. So you're meeting me there or not. <laughs> and I went in and I paid the file and I get the receipt and the guy says, congratulations. Like, and I asked him for what? <laughs> and he said, well, you just got married. I'm like, <laughs> you're like, oh, huh. so that's how that went. And, uh, <laughs> but she ended up being an alcoholic, lost full custody. So now I'm a A-10 fighter pilot with 100% full custody of two boys, ages one and three, both in diapers. Wow. So, yeah. So the Air Force was good enough to, to ask me, what do you want to do? Pick any job, any location. Uh, I should have gone back to CENTCOM in Tampa. And, which is my hometown and, and, you know, had all the support there, but I picked T-38s at NJEPT and, and I went and flew, uh, flew 38s. Nice. And then when was your first combat tour? See, that was actually a thing because, because right in then was as, as Afghanistan had just kicked off in a yeah. one, I was in the squadron, the divorce had started and everyone's going off and doing the J-O-B and I'm sitting here with two babies. Like, so then I get to NJEP and what's everyone asked? Oh, how was combat? You're like, uh, nah. let's, uh, well, moving on these stories and page 35. Know, and it's a thing because <laughs> I'm also late rated. So I'm, so I'm knocking on the door for at, at major and I'm, yeah. I'm kind of long in my career where I should have done more operational A-10 stuff. So, so that was a chip for me. Yeah. And it was a thing. Um, so, but I got the kids school age and then went back to the A-10. And that's when I finally deployed. And where, where was that? When was that? So that was, um, that was rolling into 06. Okay. By this time. So you the, guys went to so Afghanistan? the kids got school age and it was right at in, um, as 07 was starting, A-10s have been there forever. Yeah. And, um, and, um, the yeah. powers that be said, Hey, we're going to give the A-10s a break. Oh. So, so no more A-10 deployments. We're going to do F-15s and, and Vipers. <laughs> And I'm like, you've got to be shitting oh, me. There's no way I'm going to spend a career in the A-10. And the only thing I drop <laughs> in anger is my gear. So, uh, so, um, but 
two weeks of that. And the army commanding general said, no, I need the hogs back. back. So we got a, we got a six day notice to pack your bags and go. Um, and we stayed for almost an entire year. With What's the flight like? How many times are you going to refuel? Uh, so it was 35. I, I've, I've actually asked and answered this a couple of times. So I know that off the top of my head. Um, so it's 35 total flight hours going east in an A-10. And um, it's 15 air refuelings. So you'll go, you'll do like three air refuelings worth in a day. So we went from Tucson to Massachusetts, Massachusetts to the Greenland. Azores. Um, no, we went to the Azores. Okay. And then Azores to Sicily, and then Sicily on into Ayudid, and then Ayudid up. Wow. Yeah. That's yeah. a long time. It's, just yeah, sitting you by get, yourself. In the A-10, what do you do? Yeah, so in the A10, you're, you're not just, going fast. No, you go, well, you, <laughs> I'm going faster than your car. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That might be it is pretty the, fast. Not the Subaru. So, <laughs> uh, no. So, uh, no that, so what you do is everyone just throws. So you've got a cell of six on a tanker. Um, and the, the, everyone just goes max power and you just park it. Like really the A-10 could be a switch, not a throttle. You just go fly taxi. Yeah. Um, but so, so you put it in full fly and you see who the slowest guy is. So you start to spread out and like, all right, your airplane's the slowest one in the group. So you leave yours in max and, and then we'll take off like three knots from that. Yeah. And that's the speed we'll fly all the way around the world. Yeah. And that's how you figure out how you, how you're going to go, but you'll do like battleship or you'll do. Uh, you know, maybe the, the boomer's cool on the tanker, uh, which my son's actually a boomer now. So, so you'll read like trivial, he'll read trivial pursuit over the, over the boom mic. Or, um, one time we're, we're way over the, over the ocean. I look out number six is like a dot, like six, say status. And he was reading the newspaper with autopilot on. So, <laughs> so he's like, Oh yeah. Oh, whoops. So, so yeah. So that's, you, you make your time and, um, but yeah, you're strapped in and you've got this exposure suit with this jaws of death zipper and you, and you're all just in, in your, in your jet just for like seven hours, eight hours at a time. <laughs> Nine and a half was my longest at, at passing the seven hour mark. Your legs get a little bit numb, but yeah, uh, I bet. Oh yeah. God. And so how was that deployment? It was great. Yeah. What do, we, what do we got? What kind of yeah. juicy things we got over there? Yeah. So some GB 12 actions, some GB 38 action. everything action. So you, so you GB show 39. up, you show up and you're like, <laughs> okay, where's, where's the missile coming from? And, um, and, and, you know, all, all those, all the operators, you know, everyone who's, who's been there gets it. And, and as a veteran community, we, we get it. Um, because you're so four, two weeks on station and, and, you know, we went to support, you know, 1972s and cast requests and, but you show up and there's the presence of the A-10 and nothing happens. You go home for about two weeks and then, and then things kicked off. So, so that day we had a, uh, we had a, a JTAC who actually, his driver was shot. He, late. I think it was late. Was it? Yeah. And DSCs. Mm. Yeah. Cause the Roman took over for the control. No, different one. Okay. Down in Sangin Valley? Uh, I'd have to look. Yeah. I act, what's, what's odd is we emailed, but we always used call signs and we never yeah. said each other's names. Okay. So, I um, mean, it sounds like it could have been Lape and DSC. So it was the, it was the driver got shot mm-hmm. and the JTAC hops out. He gets shot, yeah. but his backpack radio took the bullet and now he's on his embitter. Okay. Um, and, and, and he's under the, uh, under the Jeep calling in air. And, and at the same time, a British, um, troop gets pinned down. So, so I'm first time in combat. I've got my wingman. 
and they take the, you know, new guys, not again, worst guy in the Pro Bowl. Uh, they're like, all right, you're the newest wingman, most experienced flight lead. And they pair you up like that. So, so, so you get wingmen like shoe, stupidest human on earth. I mean, he's a great dude. Like, and he's actually awesome. He was just new to the jet at the time and he's a big dude. So that's how call signs go. So, uh, so anyway, um, they're like, Hey, split to two simultaneous ticks. So that wasn't a thing. This is when you used to be able that to do that. They, they always that get mad thing. at us about that. Yeah, that wasn't hey, can a I thing. split you guys? No, no, that wasn't a thing. That was, you never leave your wingman. That yeah. was, that was the thing. We, that's what we'd always practice. And we're cruising out and there's two simultaneous ticks where, where it's for real. Yeah. So, so I put one on one radio. I put one on the other radio. We showed up at the first tick. Um, and, and, and fighting stopped for a second. So I put shoe overhead, let him just, just show presence. So, so I went to the other tick solo and, and I roll in there and I've got the nine line and you can hear the gunfire on the radio. Uh, I had, uh, uh, Mark 82 airburst, old school. Mm -hmm. Like that's, that's old world craftsmanship. (laughs) That is great. Yeah. So so it blows off, it blows up at 35, 500 pound bomb blows up 35 feet above the ground. So you don't waste any blaster frag. It's awesome. You're not wasting any. So GBU 12s, um, two pods of rockets and 1174 rounds. Here we go. All right. Get us in there. So, so I get there nine line, whatever sniper on a hill. Okay, fine. And so this is like right now we need it because they're, they're in a wadi and they're, they're getting flanked. Um, They're not there yet, but they, they know it's happening and they need the sniper to get, get killed. And so they can bug out. So, so I said, all right, a dude in a field with a bunch of, bushes and stuff. I'm pretty sure that's the spot. He doesn't have his BDL. He doesn't, he's, we're kicking it old school because he's busy yeah. getting shot at. So, uh, does talk on, okay, fine. I'm going to roll in. I'm going to put down two Willie Peets. I'm going to wait about that long. And which seems like an eternity, but our, our weapons deliveries are, are calculated for three seconds. Yeah. So you're on final rocket, rocket, and then you shoot or you come off. Yeah. So, so I shot the two rockets, waited what seemed like an eternity was probably like a millisecond. And then I put down about 400 rounds of 30 mil on that hill. And the whole thing in the pod just lit up because it was a hundred. It was all HEI. Yeah. The whole thing just lit up. The field's on fire. The thing explodes and I'm pulling off and I'm moving and I'm, I'm looking out for any surface air missiles or any of those things that they're like, yeah. oh, where, where are you looking for your missiles? Where are you looking for this? So I'm like moving and jinking and I'm coming back around and, and the guy starts screaming Delta hotel. And, and, and you're a JTAC. So, so remember abort code, yeah. abort code established, you know, base code would be, let's say chef. Yeah. So Charlie hotel. And then I'd say echo and that's the abort. So that way, you know, no one's spoofing you. Yeah. So he's yelling Delta hotel, Delta hotel. And I had that moment of, Oh my God. Yeah. You're, that you, wasn't the right it, spot. It didn't click right away. Wait, right aborts spot. aren't two, aren't yeah. two, yeah. two digits. But, but he wasn't, he was screaming Delta hotel. So I pulled around. And, and my stomach's doing blah, blah, blah. What's the matter? What's the matter? Direct hit. Direct You're hit. Like, Delta Hotel. God, dear, like, stop that. Stop that. Can we not do that? Yeah. Can so, we say tally? Can we not do like that? Like the book says. So, <laughs> so, so I put down about 840 rounds of 30 mil on there and a couple rockets and that dude was done. Uh, they bugged out and it was, and, and they're good. And then I went back to the other tick, which I'm listening to at the same time. <laughs> on the radio. So I'm doing two at the same time. That's starting to heat back up. And then I was gone and it was minutes this took, but it felt like, 
you know, yeah. you, when you're in a fist oh, fight yeah. and you're like, oh, I, and, it, and it was, oh yeah, that was like 90 seconds or, you know, it's hey, like, hey, you, hey guys, you showing boxed, up yet or yeah, what? If you, if you boxed and you're like, man, three rounds, that's nothing. Go box three rounds. Yeah. Yeah. It feels like six hours. So, 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 uh, so I'm, I'm cruising back and, and I've got my sensor in there. We're doing lasers. Okay, fine. Yep. That's it. Yep. That's it. Yep. That's it. Okay, everything's cool. And I'm going as fast as, as the A-10 will carry me to get back to this fight. So um, shoes on a good base position. We're going to do Mark 82 Airburst. The JTAC's happy with it. The things are getting ready to heat up. They got they, they know through Intel means that the fight's getting ready to re-engage. And, and so I said, all right, shoe, I'm not there yet, but I'm laser spot, search, track. Yep, we're there. That's That's what he's talking about. And um, so he rolls in and he had copied the wrong steer point. He'd copied his target coordinates from Bagram, which was 3,000 feet higher than the actual target he was hitting mm. with a manually delivered Mark 82 airburst. So it dropped. That's going to come a lot of short. It dropped <laughs> way short. And now everyone's running. Everybody lights up. And, and we're starting to get, you know, JTAC units 500 meters west, 200 meters west. And, and we're just shooting, we're shooting through this field because that was supposedly the command element of, yeah. of the enemy force. And, and, and we're, we're trying to see a guy running through essentially a cornfield from above. Yeah. So, um, and so anyway, it, as luck would have it, he ran out the far corner, him and the two dudes he was with ran out the far corner into a, a building that had no roof on it. So it just four walls. You could just see him hanging out. So, so. And the JTAC saw him before I saw him. Um, like we saw dots come out of the field and then that was it. And he said, Hey, it's the third building from the, from the right. So we, so I rolled in to do a, another Mark 82 airburst and that air, that bomb went off as I'm pulling off. You could see it in the debrief. It, it detonated right above that building <laughs> and all four walls fell down in every direction. So, so we went off, we went off to clean do off. Do not Pasco. Yes. Dunsky. But now everyone's already got the shoot call. So so they're fighting it out um, for the rest of the night. F-16s came in. Hornets off the boat came in. Uh, it was the Dutch F-16s. Hornets off the boat. It got dark. See, they cleaned off three C-130s. And, and when I woke up the next day, that thing was on CNN. <laughs> so, so that was the one opportunity in my career that I actually had to strafe a boat. And I, But I was already out of ammo. Like the oh. first time you clean the, so most fighters have five seconds of gun, five seconds, which is a long time, you know, at, when you're firing 6,000 rounds a minute. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so the a 10s got 30 seconds of gun. Mm, so that's delicious. So with 30 seconds of gun, uh, you know, you don't just go out and clean off guns and training. So the first time you actually are pulling the trigger in real life and it's empty and it just goes, Kunk. you're like, uh. like there's this little, this little moment, like, Oh shit. That's, it's for real today. I'm out. It's for real today. So, so there's rockets and then you so you look back in the golf cart and you're like, all right, we'll get the nine iron. We'll do the wood, you know, the three Let's fire the and, nine. Hang yeah. on. Let me see if I could yeah, get this what thing can I to do? roll off. You know, so, and then you're clean. So, so, so we backed a couple, you know, c controlled some of the other guys and then we bugged out and on the way home, you get, you know, your first few times you get the, your adrenaline shakes, yeah. you know, you're just flying, you know, and then, and then you just fly and it was the quietest flight home. We did our report and we're like, oh my God. Oh. So you get a little bit of adrenaline like shakes. Every then, day of this, huh? Yeah. So, <laughs> so, so anyway, um, 
after a couple weeks of that, and, and we actually had an amazing deployment. Uh, we did a ton of good work. The unit, the 354th Bulldogs, uh, we fired a hundred over 150,000 rounds of 30 millimeter. And I don't even remember the bombs. And um, we had almost 900 confirmed KIA. Mm. Um, I had the humble honor of being the first, um, per the historian, um, being the first uh, Air Force fighter pilot since Vietnam to fly 100 combat missions in a single tour. Oh, wow. Uh, and then I had 117 confirmed K personally that year. Okay. So then now we have to, we have to get your opinion on the, the argument on the internet right now. Is it the JTAX kill or the pilot kill? It's the team's kill. Ah, uh, I've always said it's so, pilot's kill. It's, I, I, right, so I put it like yeah, this. Yeah. I go, hey, if I see a bad guy over there and you shoot, I go, hey, he's over there yeah. and you shoot yeah. him. Yeah. Whose yeah. kill is that? Yeah. It's, yeah, okay, it's that's the, what yeah. I'm doing. Hey, exactly. he's over there. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. That, that is the thing. I'm on the wrong and, side of that. And, People and, disagree with no, me. No, I, I agree. So because, and, and it's and it's an argument like the maintainers and weapons dudes, and my son's a weapons dude. My youngest son, Trent, is uh, in Fort Worth as a weapons, yeah. uh, an ammo troop. And you'd come back and, and they'd say, oh, my jet dropped. Well, if your jet dropped, I would impound it. Like if the bombs yeah. just came off, then, yeah. then I yeah. would impound this aircraft and we get good. to see what the maintenance problem is. So so it's a team to get it work done because I don't know how to load a big bomb. Um, but, you know, the, the guy pulling the trigger, whether they're in the air or on the ground is, is who's killing it. <laughs> it's funny because uh, uh, Tim Pachesa, you know, he talks about how when he was the command chief at AMC, he was like, he had to tell everybody, if you were more than two people removed, it's not from, your kill. from yeah. the battle situation. Yeah. You're not putting it on an, yeah. on, on an award. Yeah. It's like, it's not, yes. oh, this, I fed the guys that went and, and loaded the bombs that That's then fair. went and dropped. <laughs> That's fair. That is fair. Yeah. It, it takes the entire team, but, but at the end of the day, um, whomever is pulling the trigger on the ground or in the air, they're the ones that have to deal with the ghosts, you know? Yeah. So, you know. Not to be that or, guy, but that's, that's a real thing. Of, yeah. Because we just don't care. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And fuck it. <laughs> that is true. That is true. Uh, so when did you go to fighter weapons school? By the way, that's Top Gun in the Air Force. Like Top Gun in the Navy is the cool, you know, the best fighter pilot thing. And then in the Air Force, it's just called fighter weapons school. Yeah. I don't so, know why they didn't I give it a say, cool nickname. I will say, yeah. So weapons school. Yeah. So weapons it's weapon school. school now. It used to be fighter weapon school. And now you got everybody's weapon school. Yeah, now, I'm now, staying now off of it. I'm staying off they're of it. They're letting cargo pilots go to weapon school. So They got to have a patch too, Chef. Yeah. You got to be the expert in yeah. your field. Everybody but needs a patch. I did like to kick it old school. So uh, so anyway, um, yeah. So, so I was supposed to be a student at fighter weapon school. Mm-hmm. Um, at the same time, I got my divorce. So, so amazing A-10 pilots, Rage Donnelly, Ox Rushoff, those guys, th- those were my peers. I was supposed to be in those classes and that was the game plan. Um, the world took another vote. I went and flew T-38s, came back. So I actually flew with the uh, fighter weapons school, which in the Air Force is six months, in the Navy it's six weeks. So, so Top Gun is only six weeks? Top, top Gun in the Navy is six weeks. What the fuck? Yeah. It's, it's half a year in the yeah, Air Force. Right? Like right? You got you to gotta yeah. actually be good. Typical so, Navy, just yeah, like, right? oh, you're all right. Yeah, so the, check out. So the Top Gun. <laughs> so so the Air Force has a Top Gun trophy. So and and but what that is, the Top Gun trophy is uh, 
there'll be Top Gun events at every fighter squadron every every half of the year. And then um, everything's graded and your weapons officer will grade all of that. And then it'll be, hey, this is the best shot in the squadron at strafe or bomb or 45 high altitude dive bomber, whatever the events might be. And there'll be six different events. So, um, and then the, the best guy in the most things at the end of six months gets the Top Gun trophy. So I do have two of those back to back. Just saying, yeah, got to, got to set that stuff right. And you got that patch and I got the, and so the, but, but I flew with the weapon school when I was, uh, when I was at green flag, um, because I was an instructor in the A-10, I was experienced in the A-10 uh, and they they respected that. So I would fly with the weapon school, um, but I never actually was a weapon school graduate. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. So, um, what did you retire as as far as hours? Um, God. So I stopped counting hours at 5,000, oh. which was... Because that's the last... No, 10,000. They have a patch for 10,000, don't they? But those are more for cargo people, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. That, I think there's somebody who's getting ready to be a 10,000 hour A-10 guy, but I... Like that's a big, normally, that's a lot of fuel. Yeah. Normally you'll that's like a lot of money. There are guys that retire with 1500 hours in a fighter. So see how much, so, see how much it costs to run an A-10 for an hour. 17,000. $17,000. 17,000 yeah. 10,000 hours. This is my standard blue air training pitch. So, so the A-10 is, is the cheapest million aircraft, in, air, aircraft in, in the fleet. And it's 17,000 and some light change. Uh, F-16 is 30 grand. And the F-35, your favorite, is $68,000 per hour to fly. Which is why we're a company. Seventeen thousand dollars, ten thousand hours. What is it, seventeen million? Hundred seventy million dollars yeah. yeah. for that pilot. Yeah, we should get him some security. <laughs> like, so I've, I've he's I've, worth more than fucking Lady Gaga. I've I have often <laughs> said like I don't want you know what what they pay you as a as a Air Force pilot. Like I give me a commission. <laughs> yeah. How about that? Come up with some commission schedule. Yeah. And then $170 million. Yeah. Holy fuck. Yeah. So I never looked at it. I never looked that, that up. But, yeah, but that's yeah. wild. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. But, but that's, that's the thing. And that's why contract cast became a thing. Well, that's what you got to talk about. You yeah. got out and started the business. What yeah. So, so I actually started while I was still on active duty. Good. So did I. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So, so you get, um, you know, all those things you do in the air force and, and specifically with, with flying fighters, the, the thing has always been, you know, you put your tray, because even though you're a badass fighter pilot, you're still a government. So you've got your tray on the, on the, on the cafeteria line of the Air Force. And, and for your entire life, you, you know, you get your potatoes and your Salisbury steak and you do your job. And then you get to the end and you're like, oh, well, and you pick up your tray and you move it to the airlines. And, and, and whereas you used to like take off, do all this amazing stuff and then you land. Well, you cut that all out and you go to the airlines and you take off and land and you just drink coffee and eat polyester. Yeah, have a polyester suit glorified and, bus and have to deal with it. And, and I knew I couldn't do that. So, but even more importantly, my master's thesis while I was in Afghanistan was, was where all the JTAC because um, I was having to control my own airstrikes in a lot of, in a lot of fights. Uh, I got in 56 troops of contacts that year and, and probably nine of them, I was the forward air controller. Now, I wasn't tasked as a forward air controller, but I took, you know, that's why they put your wings on in Velcro. So I put my wings on the table and said, hey, these, these guys need it. Um, and, and, and it's, it's your ass. So, so I took responsibility for all the, for the airstrikes on, on several ticks. And it, I wanted to do the research on, on why 
there were no JTACs in the field and they were brigade pooled because there was a bottleneck in training due to yeah. lack of air support. Mm-hmm. So, so, in two, so I proposed that to the Air Force as an active duty Air Force officer in 2008 um, when I got back and said, hey, I was a contracting officer. I know just like, you know, war dogs, you put something up on Fed biz ops and, and some, will, some company will figure out how to do this. Blossom. Yeah. yeah, industry will, will figure out anything you need. So, so I did that for, um, you know, I proposed it in 08. The Air Force said, no, we'll never need this. And it was for political reasons. You can't, you can't admit that you need to pay an Air Force to be the Air Force. I hate this. Ego. Because then we can, how are we going to get funding? And, and ACC was actually, you know, the guy I was talking to at ACC was actually full, you know, full, uh, full up with it. In a sense, he was saying, hey, like, it's a great idea. We just can't admit as a force that you can contract out what we do. Because that's a slippery slope. We can't risk even one flight hour. Wow. So, um, so I was like, well, and, and I, I just, uh, you know, I'm a double business kind of guy and business degree, master's business degree. And, um, and then I was a contracting officer. So I was like, well, I've already done the work. Yeah. Let me just, I'll start the business myself with my, my wife, Gretchen and I had just bought an airplane and, um, for ourselves. So we'll make it a business and, and we'll have some tax write-offs and it'll be fine. Um, but then by the time I moved to Green Flag in 09, I was spending $3.2 million for a two-week exercise to train 19 JTACs. And the JTACs weren't happy. The fighter pilots weren't happy. The training objectives didn't match. And, and it was a thing. It's always just an excuse or a forethought. Yeah. So, so it, was, it, it was a thing. I, I literally had one fighter fake a generator failure to stop talking to the JTAC because the JTAC was that bad, go up into the MOA and play the JTAC on his own radio for his wingman. <laughs> so, so that, that highlighted this needs to happen. So, so um, it went up to General Hoss Hyatt, two-star warfare center commander, well, he, amazing man. And, and he approved it because legally it was no different than, uh, uh, you know, NCO or staff sergeant delivering pizzas on the weekend or doing a side job. So he approved it. So I actually founded the company in in 08, but really reincorporated in 11 and and got after. The reason why JTACs were so bad is because we were not, we were not putting priority on being good controllers. They were too busy, too many fucking shit. Squadron commanders had all of our guys doing stupid ass army exercises, all this other bullshit. That was not controlling. Right. Like we made this stupid decision back in the eighties that said, Oh, all our TAC P's and our JTACs need to be on army bases. No, they need to be on fucking impact areas. Yeah. Do we want good That's controllers? Because guess true. what? We can we can be taught how to integrate. Yes. We don't have to live with them. Put us on a freaking bombing range yeah. and give us cheap aircraft to practice with every week, like A29s, which right. we're just now figuring out. Like we were so fucking stupid for 25 years. Like just dumb, 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 dumb. Like for the price of five F-16s, we could have had a single A-29 with rockets and guns overhead of every like foot patrol ever done in Afghanistan. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Which would have saved lives, which would have saved us money. But why don't we do that? Because Fucking geos have egos and they're fucking bullshit. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So I was so I was happy to 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 take my retirement as soon as I could get it. Um, I retired in in fourteen, and 
started the company in 08, but, but really got after it in 11. I met you like and late 14. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you know, when, when there's like, a, you know, three men in a, in a fighter truck. So, um, but yeah, so, so we were doing that and, and doing every job and, and it wasn't a thing. And then since I was still an active duty air force officer, my, my approval was, Hey, you can work for anyone, but the air force, which is tough because most of the JTACs are in the air force, but, but the Army, Navy and the but, Army have yeah, some too. So, so Army special forces, the, the special forces group was, was the first folks with, that we worked with and the, and the first contract bomb ever dropped in the history of the U.S. Air Force was on Gila Bend Range in September 13 in support of the Army. <laughs> so, 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 yeah, we, we, uh, yeah, we, we dropped the bomb and, and it went up to the Pentagon. It went all the way to the Pentagon to get the approval to do it. And, and, and day in, day out, we're, we're sitting there and we're like, can we do it? Can we do it? And it, no, not today. Not today. Well, the exercise, which was three months today uh, away, was all of a sudden today and Monday. Sorry, no. You can fly dry. Sorry, no. Tuesday, you can fly dry. On Wednesday, we got to the point where, all right, you guys go ahead on home. Because remember, we're, we're a startup company at this time. Yeah, well, you don't uh, have the money. And it was everything that Gretchen and I had that, that got, thank God, the boys both went into the Air Force because their college money was, I was, I was taxiing it. Um, <laughs> so, so, so everything we had. And then we had one dear friend who was an investor who uh, started uh, this little company called Zappos. Zappos. Yeah. Um, that worked out well, but, but he, he doubled what we had, which, which, you know, how much do you have as a, as two career? Yeah. Yeah. So, so it's, it's about what we spend in two weeks of burn right now was our entire (laughs) go start a air force. Uh, we we used to always say what would Hap do? So for Hap Arnold that started the U S air force and, and they're like, what would Hap do? I don't know. So, so I already sent, sent the bomb loader home and the maintainer home and the, um, and, and and the other pilot home and like well I'll just go fly this talk on the radio and then I get a call from from Taco Gutierrez at the range wing at Luke and he says congrats chef you ready to go live like well of Sorry. course I am we Sorry. are we yes. are, yes. We are yes. sitting Hang on, here I was are, just putting yeah, the bomb yeah, on right. actually yeah, right. <laughs> I guess I got to take these bombs off again so so we didn't even have bombs built so so I had done. Um, so I actually did my A&P mechanic training, uh, three years of, of FAA aviation maintenance training. I got, um, cause I was always, I always liked to be on the line and put hands on with the people. And so I actually got training in the air force in the bomb or ammo, ammo zone or in the bomb dump on how to make a BDU. And so I'm like, well, I've got all this training. I'm going to make the bombs myself. <laughs> Let's do this. Uh, and he's like, well, your, your range time is this and your range time is your range time. Period. Can't you make that. your range time or you just stay home. So, so, okay, fine. So I, so I went outside and I set up the table and, and the one thing that I didn't have from training was, was a, a gauge. And the way the bomb, the, the little blue death, the practice bombs work is it's 25 pound bomb and it's got a tube in the front and a hole in the back. And you put the explosive charge, um, which isn't, it isn't 1.1. It's not a Mark 82, but you wouldn't want one going off in your hand. Yeah. No. Uh, for real. Um, so it's so like I, a flashbang. It's like a, fl- it's like a really big flashbang. Yeah. Like, like maybe a couple flashbangs. Okay. So, so flashbangs. yeah. So, so flashbangs. yeah, I wouldn't want it going off in my hand. So, so possibly four, possibly flashbangs. four flash. <laughs> so, um, 
So I'm putting it in the bomb and it's aluminum body and I'm pushing it in. The way you do it is you put the fuse and you, you put the charge on, you put the safety block on the fuse, you slide that all in, everything lines up, you put the safety uh, cotter pin in and there's your bomb. Sounds fine. Well, the gauge you're supposed to slide down there first is to make sure there's no like little metal burrs or anything that would impede and then wedge that charge in the well before you get your fuse in. And then that, that would be what's called the UXO. So as luck would have it, there was one of those little burrs and the charge caught as it was going into the bomb. So it was halfway in, halfway out. I couldn't put the fuse. I've got this thing. So I'm like, oh God. And, and it's fired. That Look at the base of it. It looks just like a shotgun shell, just like a shotgun shell. Um, and it's mechanically fired. So I'm like, all right, well, this needs to happen. I could tell. And I realized what happened as I'm doing it because I could push and it would kind of sort of go. You know, it wasn't stopped, but it was wedged. So I'm like, all right. So, so I took a, a broom handle, a dowling rod, yeah. um, and I took a hammer and I hit the top of the dowling rod, which was flat, to make an indentation in the dowling rod to, to further be able to push that thing just around the rim and not touch the, the, the primer. The primer. Yeah. So, so I put it on there and as gingerly, as gingerly, like there, there's your wedding night and then there's how gingerly I did this. So, and you know, the aircraft right next to you and the fuel and yeah, everything. Yeah. You yeah. We were just building explosives. Yeah, in the no, we were, we had our 300 <laughs> foot distance. I did remember that. So, so we're, we're pushing and I start pushing it very slowly and it's going and then it finally goes pink in seats. <laughs> All right. Well, might as well. So then we put the, so then I always say we, it was just me, but I hate saying I, because yeah. this, this company is not about I. So I just, I, I, but so then I put the, um, the fuse in there and the pin and, and then did the, the other one. I felt around the other one's fine. Built them both, loaded them on the jets and bam, away we go. And I'm going I'm going as fast as I can. You're in the strike? No, uh, I'm in the IR-823. Got it. So, 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 so. That one. Top. Uh, yeah, that little guy. Yeah. So, um, so it's, we're doing 100, 150 knots, like all out. And, and I'm not there yet. So I, but my radio waves go really fast. Yeah. So I check, check it in, blah, blah, blah. And I'm go I'm like standing on the throttle as fast as I can go. And, um, and, and we're getting to the range and the rate, and he's, Nine line, blah, blah, blah. Call in with direction, expect clearance on final. Dude, like, do you realize that I just had an explosive hanging out of the bomb and then I just built this? I wanted to, you know, I want to get a little warm up going, get my mojo going. But literally, it was radio, radio, radio. You hit the range border, dive down to your release altitude, and boom, the bomb came off. And it was uh, on the main airfield on East Tac. And I pulled off over the JTAC and I'm jinking, giving him a show. And, and, so you're the JTAC, you know, imagine being a JTAC. So, um, imagine, imagine being a JTAC, you know, so I'll try imagining so East right that, now. Right. <laughs> yeah. So you're standing on NATO Hill and the bomb was 10 meters from the target, Ooh, which was solid. That was like, yeah. I was like, bam, I was fine with my knees. I'm like, who wants some of this? <laughs> and even better, it fell on the other side of the target. So, so it looked like it, so it looked like it was like through the roof. <laughs> so I pull off. I'm like, Oh my God, I got so luckily, awesomely lucky on that one. And then, and what then, the fuck are you using for a pipper, by the way? Um, <laughs> so, so we had, done, an IAR doesn't have a HUD. <laughs> no, it doesn't. It's old school. So in the A10, you actually practice HUD out bombing. Oh, like, cause, uh, cause if you guys need it, we're, we're coming. Yeah. So we're coming. 
So, so Looks we right. had calculated, you know, I got into seawids and did all that stuff, you know, all that web school stuff um, of like doing the calculations and here you go. And from this airspeed at 0.23 and the air in the, and we flew ground speed instead of actually an indicated airspeed, which takes my wing component out and all that math and, and boom, release. So uh, you didn't have any visual cue. You were just, we had, off of we math. had uh, wash GPS range. We had airspeed. And a lot of math. I don't know how you're hitting a fucking target. But um, with you no know HUD, yeah. no vapor. Jeff, you turned off your targeting computer. I don't have one. That's not hard. So, <laughs> so, so and then the guy's like, you're cleared immediate reattack. I'm like, come on, man. Bro, come on. Give me, give me a minute here. Came right back around in. Exact same hole. Bunk. The bomb went in the exact same hole. Um, and then, and then we did like another 18 nine lines dry because the bombs yeah. were already off. And we did another 18 nine lines and, and, you know, so you this, met a ton of training objectives for whoever there. was on the hill. And, and like I went over and I could see the glistening of just one tear <laughs> and, and, uh, uh, and Matt Schleich's on the, on the thing cheering. He's like, I think I've got a freedom boner. Like, on yeah. the, I'm like, dude, you're a range freak, but thank you. So, <laughs> So, uh, Thank you, Matt. So yeah, so that <laughs> so that was it, and we you know wheel back around. We did his eighteen, and and it was like crack, um, and that was the spark. And then from there, this wasn't a thing. This wasn't a thing. This no, wasn't. This was not a thing. And and it was what do you want? And we did the whole weapon school brief, the whole weapon school debrief, and, and and it was all about you as a JTAC, and that's why on the logo the JTAC's real big. And oh by the way, there just happens to be an airplane in the background because it's not about the airplane customer. Yeah, it's not, it's not about the airplanes. It's about the guy on the ground and what that person needs to make them a better JTAC or JFO to go downrange, to come home safely and do the mission. Blue so, air training. Blue air training. That's yeah, it. That's what it was. But you've got a lot more in how this thing was born and everything that you faced from business and everything like that in a new book that came out today. Yep. Wow, what a coincidence! So, actually, it is a coincidence. The the the, the, the fact that you made it here today. Yeah. Well, I mean, we just talked about this Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. The book wasn't actually supposed to come out till this coming Sunday, but the publisher and the editing and they're like, "Yeah, this is good. Let's do this." How do they find it? Where do they find it? So it's on all the platforms. It's Amazon. on Barnes and Noble. It's on the Amazon. The Amazon. It's on Kobo. Uh, it's called The Boy Who Grew Wings. It's digital right now, right? It's digital. The yeah. audiobook's coming out. The hardbacks and paperbacks should be out in a couple of weeks. Awesome. Um, but uh, yeah, it's a it's a business book about life. It's about perseverance and and Pilot targeting stuff, your goal. Oh, there's business. Stuff. There's war stories. Yes, there's it, everything. There's there's life stories. Um, there's you know the fight against cancer is yeah. in there. Oh, we I, didn't uh, even touch on that. I'm, I am I am happy to say. Uh, so in 2018. Uh, January of 18, I was told I'd have 18 or I'd have eight months to live because uh, I had stage four prostate cancer. So, so uh, anyone who has high testosterone, fighter pilots, operators, anyone that drinks black rifle coffee, you Every, know, like all, all, like all of those kind of folks um, actually have three times the amount uh, of likelihood to, to get prostate cancer. Wow. So, so I had no family history, no anything, um, and um, I was 44 at the time. And they said, yeah, you, you got stage four inoperable. Uh, you got probably eight months. So so that's that whole story is in there of how we found it out. And and it 
wasn't a traditional way, but it's an easy way um, to find out. Wow. But, uh, but through all that, now Blue Air is doing amazing. We're expanding globally. You, you, uh, uh, what, how big of an Air Force are you now? So, uh, so we have third. I love this no, no, one. no, no. You yeah. go I, I do, do it know, how you I normally do, do with me. Yeah, yeah, we well, just became so, you know, there. You are. So, um, so yeah. So we've got thirty-one fighter and attack aircraft. If we were a country and we're, we're able to be categorized, we'd be um, nineteen in the hundred and thirty-eight air forces the of the world in the attack category. Globalfirepower.com. privately owned. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. How to make your own Air Force. Yeah, you get Listen. you get the highest arms license there is. You get government contracts. You do all this stuff. But now, to the to the piece of information they all have been waiting for, you know, what are we going to do together? We're filming our own yes. version of Top Gun yes. movie preview. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. From Little Acorns, Mighty Oaks Grow. Yes, they do. Yes. So, uh, yeah. So, we've got... And what's unique about this, because, you know... Anybody can go out and just film some stuff, but but to date, Blue Air Training is the only company who has ever been certified to employ live weapons. Air to ground. Um, air to ground. Well, of course not air to air because that then it'd be hard to get recruits. But, yeah. But yeah. Uh, but yeah. So uh, air to ground. Uh, we're the first company to ever um, be certified to, and able to drop live weapons for the U.S. Air Force. So That's amazing. So we're actually going to be shooting this, but we're actually going to be dropping. We're going to be doing and and shooting with some live real weapons. deal guys. Yeah, like, yeah. It's going to be and mixed in real with guys. us as yeah. actors, but also yeah. real it'll, awesome pilots. It'll be the real guys. We'll be using OV-10 Broncos. Oh we'll my be, God. Yeah, I know. It's so cool. awesome. I'm calling you guys. You got to jump out of the OV-10 Bronco. I mean, we're we're all about to go get our licenses. So yeah, yes. I don't see why. Yes. I know Richard Ryan would do it. Nice. We already got a guy that can jump. I'll be up there with you. Fine. Nice. nice. I, wanna, yeah, I think we should remake yeah. Fly to the Intruder. Because do OV-10 sit side by side or, or vertical? Uh, uh, tandem. Right. One, one in front of the other. Damn it. Yeah. I was hoping there was our strike masters are side by sides. Our A90s are side by side. Strike masters. See, we we should yeah. do a strike a masters, of the, the A90. We could do all that. Yes, <laughs> I yeah. want to so bad. Yeah. So so we'll be we'll be putting a lot of a lot of footage that's actually flown with real airplanes, with real live weapons, with yeah. real execution to I've train real JTACs. Always, always wanted with real fighter pilots the, the the cockpit and fuselage because I saw. I, you know what's funny? I saw this when I probably was maybe eight years old, and I still remember it mm-hmm. to this day is we went to Universal Studios in California mm-hmm. when I was about maybe between six and eight years old. Right. And while we were on the like tram touring ride, right. I saw the F-14 fuselage and cockpit that was, that was mounted on engine cranes with, with uh, like uh, nylon bands. Yeah. So it was just suspended. Yeah. So you could rock it right, and everything. Right. But that was what they filmed. So cool. The scenes of Top Gun so in cool. for Paramount yeah. like, was just in this. They had yeah. cut it right behind yeah. the back seat. It was just clean off. And then it was just suspended on yeah. these bands. Yeah. I want that. Yeah. Except, that. except the only rubber bands in this one will be the one on your ponytail. That is true. Yeah. This will be the real yeah, deal. If you have any spare Strike Master cockpits, like... I actually, I actually do. Because I really want to try yeah, this. I actually do. Because if we film this Flight of the Intruder thing, all we have to do is go in a dark hangar, run the red lights, yeah, yeah. and just have somebody able to kind of shake that thing up a bit so we get the natural movement oh, yeah. in in our gear and things like that. And that's all you need. Yeah, totally doable. <laughs> totally doable. Yeah. No, Coming no, we're soon. Su- we're super excited about it. Flight of the Intruder yeah, 2021. 
<laughs> and it's crazy because, you know, we're a, we're a small veteran business and, and, and we are. And, and our competitors are like tech strong and we're whooping their ass. So, so it, it's not about, hey, I've got this much funding. I'm this size and I'm this big, massive company. It's about focusing. It's veterans focusing on veterans. And that's, and that's what's built our success through the, through the entire process. So, so we've, you know, got an 82% win rate on any contracts we've ever bid. And, and we're still to this date, you know, the only ones that have dropped live weapons for the Air Force. So, that's so cool. So it's, it's awesome. And I appreciate, you know, I appreciate all the veterans out there. And it's our humble honor to be able to serve the guys on the ground now that, now that we're retired fighter pilots, you know, with, with Hawaiian shirts and, Hell yeah. and, and love, loving, loving a thing. And we're, we're literally playing for the love of the sport. Well, I, yeah, dude, we definitely, we, we can even go down to Tampa and film some like Miami Vice stuff with totally. cool planes. Yeah. Cause we got our friends, uh, over at Tropic Ocean Airways too, yeah. that has all them seaplanes. Oh, Ex Tomcat awesome. guys, real awesome. fun people. You know, what's a gem, <laughs> a gem right now is Fort Smith, Arkansas. Really? So, so we, we won the contract to train the entire Air National Guard's JTACs. Ooh. And what they've got going on at Fort Smith is, is like, it's amazing. It's, it's what you would, if you were going to write a script on how do I create the most phenomenal JTAC training program ever, ever, it's at Fort Smith, Arkansas. For the least they, amount of money. Yeah. They, they, uh, I'm trying to work on that, but yeah, <laughs> no, um, it's, they, they own the range, they own the JTACs, they, they've got the contract air, they've got Broncos, they've got IARs. They've, so they're, they're now, um, they even said that, that what they've been able to accomplish now is even better than when they had their own A-10 squadron there. <laughs> That's so so, cool. so everything. They've got live artillery coming from the Army Guard. So it's all, everything. And that's been, our, yeah, that's been our concept is anything you could imagine that would make the most amazing training venue. We've got a KOC. We've got live video downlink. Um, it's going to be Link fun. 16s. It's going to be phenomenal at what they're doing there. <laughs> well, awesome. Okay. So if you want to learn more about all this in detail, get better, you know, even more war stories and stuff about business and things like that. The Boy Who Grew Wings. Thank you. Available on all platforms. Yes. Thanks for coming out. Uh, we'll do a follow-up article on freerangeamerican.us so we can talk about some of the other upcoming things we're doing. And Perfect. look forward to the the production of, uh, you know, Top Gun. What, what are we going to call that? It's got to be something funny. It's going to be something awesome. Yeah. We need to come up with that. Uh, it's premature yeah. to even throw some yeah. nuggets out there. The blue but, gun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because it is training. Yeah. That's kind yeah, of yeah, funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. And for everybody, the, the, the red air is the, the bad guys in training and the blue air is the good guys in training. And that's why the company is blue air. The blue so, gun. Yeah. And you're so. painted like a BDU 33 right now. Boom. There you go. <laughs> awesome. Thanks for coming out, All Chef. Right, brother. Take care. Thank you. Appreciate it. 